You know when you hear that music, I'm about to come over the microphone and tell you the truth of your day. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for tuning in. Now I'd feel wrong if I didn't say it. Hello and welcome. Starting the show off with an announcement. And if, if you're subscribed to the newsletter, you've already seen this. But I am officially announcing here on the show my first interview, well, the first in a while, my second ever interview, in my first interview in a statewide race in Ohio, which is obviously where I'm where I'm primarily focused, and it is with Senate candidate Mark Pukita. He is running in Ohio um, for the, the vacant Rob Portman seat. Uh, when he started, it wasn't vacant, but he is now running for the vacant Mark, or not Mark, the vacant Rob Portman seat. Um, obviously in a very heated primary, we're going to be talking to him about so much I can't even really summarize it here today, but I'm very excited for that. Thank you to Mr. Bukita for joining me. And it'll be out Saturday as a special edition on the same RSS feed. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, um, iHeartRadio, all of it, um, it will be right here. Same time as every other day, just on a Saturday, so you can listen throughout your day. It's, an, it's 56 minutes long, and it's it's exclusive interview. I'm very excited for that. And he's going to be standing up to, if, if he if he's elected, he's going to be standing up to some of the people like McConnell and the party. And he, he a big part of his campaign has been um, corruption in the Ohio Republican Party. And he said he will continue that fight in Washington. I'm not going to tease the interview anymore today, but I'm very excited for that on Saturday. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast feed and check it out. So Mitch McConnell has denounced the RNC censure of January 6th panel members. Senator Mitch McConnell joined a chorus of Republicans distancing himself from the committee's actions, describing the Capitol riot as a violent insurrection. And I I put a tweet out yesterday, and I'm mentioning it because it was kind of a successful tweet, about why is the left so obsessed with January 6th? People are saying they want to find Trump guilty so he can't run again. Um, They have nothing else. They hate the working class conservatives went into their house. It's their only talking point. It's a deflection tool and fake outrage. They really don't care. Uh, They have nothing to show after a full year in power. It's literally all they have. It's their Pearl Harbor. And, And... it's it's true. All that's true. But I'd like to say that they're not as obsessed with it as the anti-Trump rhinos are. I mean, let's be completely honest. If the RNC wasn't so obsessed with, with January 6th, they would have censured these people and moved on. But one of the main office holders in, this, in the Republican Party, Mitch McConnell, is like, no, we shouldn't censure these people, yada, yada, yada. Because they are so obsessed. They are so obsessed with January 6th, with the fact that working class people took their problems with the government to the government. I'm not advocating for riots. I'm not advocating for insane protests. What I am advocating for is it's letting the government know you're upset. And they didn't listen. If they would have listened from November to January, that wouldn't have happened. But when the police let you into a building and then try to scot you off as an insurrectionist, it's blatantly incorrect. It's it's blatantly not true. 
there are videos of the police removing the barricades so these protesters can get in, get inside. And so if you are a Republican, a rhino, in a position of power on the committee to investigate this insurrection, and I'm putting that in air quotes, major air quotes, you should not be considered a Republican. You should be censured and you should be removed from leadership in the party and you should be removed from the party in general. Kinzinger is already not running for re-election. Cheney's going to stand up, and I respect Cheney for standing up for what she believes in. But she's going to run for re-election. She's going to lose the primary. Pushed back hard on Tuesday, McConnell did, against the Republican Party censure of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and its characterization of the January 6th riot as a legitimate political discourse, saying the riot was a violent insurrection. The, re- the remarks from McConnell normally... Uh, Taciturned Kentucky Republican added to a small but forceful course of the GOP. Lawmakers have decried the action that the Republican National Committee took on Friday when it rebuked uh, Cheney and Kinzinger for participating in the House investigation on the January 6th attack, accusing them of persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in in legitimate political discourse. I am, I am kind of, kind of intrigued here. Because there's a there's a an understanding that Ronna McDaniel, who is the chairman of the RNC, is heavily related to Mitt Romney. Ronna McDaniel Romney. Let's see how she. I'm gonna see how she's related to Romney. It's his niece, and I think she's grasping. She, she's grasping for the ability to stay relevant. The Republican Party and the Republican voters are so upset with the establishment RNC, are so upset with the establishment Republican parties, both on the state and on the national level. And so she's grasping for any sort of uh, relevance. She is grasping for the ability to stay in her position of power, unelected. I, I don't know if, how the RNC chairman's uh, picked, but the, it should be a national ballot initiative on primaries, kind of like the president nomination is. I think personally, or at least a public vote. And she's she's hoping to hold on to her her power. And she's breaking away from the Romney family because Mitt Romney does not support this move. But she's breaking away from the Romney family, and and it's an interesting, an interesting, uh, what's the word? Development in this story is that she's breaking from Mitt Romney. Mm, uh, Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney called it a political, legitimate political discourse. And I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they were dis- discoursing politics. That, that's for sure. But seeing Ronna Romney breaking from Mitt Romney, breaking from the establishment on this issue of all issues is, is ex- extremely interesting to me. I mean, I don't, I don't think we've seen someone like 
with the importance in the party is Ronald McDaniel saying what they're saying about January 6th at this point. Exposing the Fed cover-up. Or not the Fed cover-up, but the, the Fed's inside of the protest. I, I really don't think we've seen this before. And it's interesting to see the tides turning. I'm afraid it's disingenuous. Trying to bring the party back to Ronald Romney's party. That, that, that's my honest opinion on this. Censuring Cheney and Kinzinger is way overdue. Glad they're getting out of office, both of them. Kinzinger is w- voluntarily doing it. Uh, Liz Cheney is not going to win. And if this is a representation of the tides turning within the Republican Party, I'm extremely excited for our future. I mean, there, there's obviously so much wrong with the establishment neocon GOP. But if we can truly bring it back from the Romney party, from the Cheney party, from the Kinzinger, from the Gonzalez party, to the party of President Trump, to the party of, of this, of these actions, I'm not going to be as vocal about leadership changes, and there needs to be leadership changes, but I won't be as vocal as I am now. Chip Roy is a representative from Texas who was introduced a bill Tuesday that would reinstate troops who were fired for refusing to take the vaccine and would ensure that they are not discharged for being unvaccinated in the first place. Um, Unfortunately, this bill will go nowhere. Uh, Unfortunately. No one should have to choose between a job they love, like the like the military. A lot of people love the military, and getting the shot. It should never be that that decision, so to speak. And and if if let me see if if this does pass in a Republican legislature, we know it is going to get vetoed by the president. And so at this point, and I don't want to say that Republicans should be disencouraged from promoting bills, but we know everything the Republican Party does in Congress will be vetoed by the president. We should still try to take back the Senate and the House by large enough numbers to overrule a veto. I don't think we'll ever have enough, but if we can, obviously we need to do that and work on that, and work on electing true Republicans at these positions that rhinos have been in for for years. And I applaud this this movement to hire back these troops. I just wish it would have some effect. And, and, And if these Republicans would have stood up for the rule of law, for election integrity, at the beginning of last year, we wouldn't be in this position anyway. We wouldn't have these vaccine mandates for anyone. We wouldn't, or for, on the federal level at least. We wouldn't have a crisis in Russia where we might get in a world war. None of this would, would, would be a problem. I mean, it seems like everything in American culture, in American politics, in American in American discourse, comes back to November 7th and November 3rd and when the true insurrection took place. 
Man. And if, if they would have stood up to objecting to the... And I know there was Democrats in Congress, so it would have never really happened. But if, if Mike Pence would have done his job at not presiding over or presiding over a stolen election, we wouldn't be in this position today. And, and people say, the vice president doesn't have enough power. If he didn't have enough power, why is it trying? Why are they trying to take it away now? Why are they amending the Electoral Count Act to take that power away from the, from the vice president? If he didn't have that power, they wouldn't be trying to take that power away. So Mike Pence had the power to take, back, to take the election back from the insurrectionist. He had the power to take the election back from the election that was, or from the stolen election that we had. But he didn't do it. And now we have to have Republicans putting place, putting forward bills that have no serious impact simply for optics. And it's extremely upsetting. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Sorry for that insane monologue last segment. I, I I was getting fired up. I actually took a minute. Usually, I just record both segments and just take a break for the for the actual break in the show. But I I actually took a break. I I calmed down a little bit, and I wish I would have read a little bit ahead to see what the next article was before I did that because I would have just tried to sneak it in last segment. The GOP has morphed from an evil insect into a full-blown terrorist organization, according to a recent Salon piece that accused Republicans and Trump supporters of seeking a war against American democracy, encouraging wide-scale violence against the left and minorities, and using stochastic terrorism to achieve their aims. Titled, At Least the Republican Party Comes Clean, it stands for Terrorism and Trump Against Democracy. Penned by staff writer Chaunacy DeVega, the Monday Salon essay begins by labeling the Republican Party an evil terrorist group. In the year plus since the events of January 6th, the Republican Party has morphed like an evil insect emerging from a chrysalis into its final form, a terrorist organization, he writes. DeVega, a senior politics writer for the left-wing online magazine, criticized the GOP for refusing to purge those Republicans who supported, endorsed, and participated in Donald Trump's coup attempt, accusing them of completing the legal part of Trump's coup, even after the illegal parts had failed, at least in that moment. Although the coup attempt attempt was not successful, the campaign against American democracy continues and is escalating. America is not... A democracy. America has never been a democracy. America is a constitutional republic founded on representative or republicanism government. 
And I thought this was common knowledge. I thought this was well-known information. But I guess not. I, I guess I'm naive enough to think that those that run our country, basically, and, and those that those that write for these million-dollar magazines, that write for these 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 hit pieces against the Republican Party, at least know enough to know the the, the foundation of our country. We we weren't founded to be a direct a direct democracy for a reason. We are not a mob rule nation. The fifty one percent do not get precedent over the forty nine percent in America. And our representative republic allows for that. Our constitutional republic allows for that. Uh, allows for Wyoming to not get trumped by California based on the Electoral College. It allows for representatives to go to Congress to vote for us based on the House of Representatives and the Senate. We are not a direct democracy. And people say, the changing of the language doesn't matter. Had we not let the word democracy replace the word republic in our government system, in, in the talks about our government for however many years now, and obviously it was before I was in politics, but it, we would not have this issue now. We wouldn't have this 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 confusion between what we are and what we should be. I don't think we should be a democracy, but I'm saying these people think we should be a democracy. So, so what we are and what they think we should be. And in, in calling us a, a terrorist organization, calling the Republican Party a, a terrorist organization, truly reveals... Their true colors. Emulating the systems of authoritarian pseudo-democracies like Russia, Hungary, and Turkey, the Republicans want to replace a system of free and fair elections with what experts describe as a competitive authoritarian or managed democracy. I, I can't even comment on this, to be completely honest, because, because they don't know what our government system is. If you don't know the foundation of a country you're writing a hit piece about, then I don't know what to say. I, I truly do not know what to say. And this is kind of scary. As I have the app on my phone because I post podcast and conservative TikToks on it, Chinese-owned TikTok shares data with more third parties than any other social media platform. Social or TikTok, a social media platform owned by Beijing-based technology firm ByteDance, send data, sends data to more third parties than any of its competitors. In a new study, URL Genius leverages Apple's new privacy feature to track where various applications send user data. They determine that TikTok, on average, makes contact with 13 third-party domains, far higher than Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat. Uh, YouTube and TikTok use an average of 14 trackers overall. Ten of YouTube's are first-party contact, meaning that it primarily deals with its user data for its own purposes, uh, relevant advertisements. With third-party trackers, it's essentially impossible to know who's tracking your data or what information they're collecting, from which posts you interact with, and how long you spend on each one to your physical location and any other inf personal information you share with the app. 
Okay. As far as I am aware, there is a law requiring ByteDance to share information with the Chinese government. Now, I may be incorrect on that, but as far as I'm aware, that that is the the current standards in China. Ban TikTok. I'm not even kidding at this point. Ban TikTok. For the security of our nation, ban TikTok. And that's all I have to say on that. Because we have we have to get to another article. Because this is an Ohio-centric podcast. The Ohio Supreme Court rejects redistricting maps for another time. The women of the League of Women Voters, <laughs> the League of Women Voters, is I'm going to find it. Women Voters is a nonprofit organization that is is supposedly nonpartisan, makes f- over five million dollars a year, and is leading the. Oh, oh, the Ohio redistricting process, basically. I mean, they're, 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 they have no position on the board. They have no position inside of redistricting, but they have all the power. Because of Maureen O'Connor, who is a weak Republican, who is, who is fine with these maps being rejected. I don't understand, honestly. Because obvious, I think they want kind of like the Canadian Parliament system, where whoever in the seats are decide or uh, are sent out not based on location but based on the the amount of votes, and they want to do that using our current system, which is literally impossible. When you split the state of Ohio among fifteen different groups, you were not going to get eight Republican and seven Democrats. Because the Democratic votes are so congested into Columbus and Cincinnati and places like Youngstown, Cleveland, Akron, that area, Toledo, you're not going to be able to, 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 based on a constitutional amendment in Ohio that was passed, actually split that city into a bunch of different groups. Because you can't split counties in there isn't enough to have seven Democratic seats. There just there there isn't. And this is congressional. This is actually state house maps, but still. People are trying to declare for elections. They've already had to based on state law. They don't know who they're running against. They don't know if they're running against one of their friends, one of their uh, their political colleagues. They need to change districts. None of this. And the Supreme Court is failing to uphold its values. And I'm glad Maureen O'Connor's gone. Because Chief Justice, or the next Chief Justice, Sharon Kennedy, is, is... is tremendous on this redistricting act here. She's voted against throwing out the maths every time. And I'm very excited that she's going to stay on the on the redistricting board. And not on the redistricting board, basically, but but on the Supreme Court for as Chief Justice. 
I'm honestly not excited for another Pat DeWine, but he's the only Republican candidate, so... Can't really do much about that, I guess, because the Republicans are always better than the Democrats, right? Right, everyone? Always better than the Democrats. Ha ha ha. But, but, but the Supreme Court, honestly, striking these maps down again is, is literally insane. It's leading to, not anarchy, but leading to so much confusion among Ohio pundits, among Ohio legislatures, legislators. And I'm honestly very confused. My name is JP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader with a brand new episode back tomorrow. And don't forget about our weekend edition with state or not state senate, but Senate candidate in the state of Ohio, Mark Pukita, here this Saturday at 11 a.m. wherever you get the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned. (laughs) 